everybody. You are listening to Limited Play Time, the board game podcast, where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I'm Kyle Bowen. And I am Jason Cavallari. And we are back after a two and a half wink, week, wink, (laughs) (laughs) two and a half half week hiatus uh, after doing our 90th episode. This is our 91st episode where we are talking about (laughs) Time of Legends, colon, Joan of Arc. This is a very serious historical war game set during the (laughs) Hundred Years War. Very serious. Correct? (laughs) Uh, Yes. Historical in nature. Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, there are historical figures in it. Correct. Little tiny figures. Right. <laughs> Little tiny figures. Mm-hmm. So what kind of game is this, Jason? Um, wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. Designed. Oh, there we go. <laughs> by Pascal Bernard. Art by David Demaray, Julien Fenoglio, Stéphane Gantiez, Nicolas Jam. Hold on, it says two plus, plus two more. I can do this. <laughs> Steph Kopinski and Bayard Wu, published by Mythic Games. Yay. So, Jason, what kind of game is this? Okay, so I think at its heart, it's a skirmish game. Um, yeah. <laughs> there is a campaign in it. Um, but is the it a campaign, campaign, or is it just scenarios? Uh, I mean, there's a story. Is there? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that... There's no, like, character progression. Like, you don't carry stuff over from one story to the next, but the story's pretty continuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, but there are also some, like, you know, one-offs and things like that. So it's, like, a scenario-based campaign skirmish game um, that you can play as strictly a skirmish game. You can play it as a campaign, or you can just play it as scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, I mean, I mean, there's no campaign in Battle Lore at all, but, I mean, I think it sort of works similarly to Battle Lore. It feels like that. You know, it yeah. feels like one of those. It has a, a modular map. Like, you use hexagonal, giant hexagonal tiles to yeah. build out the battle map that you're using, which can be, it, it seems like pretty varied, right? But, like, you know, a whole lot of, like, forests and villages and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, to kind of make, like, sort of a, a, a Middle Ages or Dark Ages sort of, like, landscape, essentially, and, and like, you know, villages and things like that. Um, so it, it diverges from a lot of other, like, one-on-one skirmish games that we've talked about, such as Battle Lore, in that way that it's not just, like, one static map. Um, but, you know, it, once you're actually playing, you're choosing units. You're moving those units. You are, you know, uh, rolling dice to see whether or not they do what you want them to do. They have certain keywords that give them certain abilities that other units don't have, and that, you yeah. know, allows them to, you know, chase somebody down and attack them from two spaces away because they've got charge or lay down picket lines or whatever. Like, a lot of similar things to what, like, something like Battle Lore can do and does. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, with some key differences here, like, you know, for instance, like, you know, how you order the units around. And, like, in this one, you're never going to not be able to order the unit you want to order because you're not using command cards or whatever to do so, right? Right. You have a certain number of tokens that represent different types of orders, and the tokens are really the limiting factor. Like, you can put you can put those tokens on basically any unit to, uh, to order it around. Um, so, but once you run out of tokens, you don't have any more orders to give. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it, then, 
Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say you have a lot of flexibility with what kind of orders you have to give out to, uh, which yeah. I thought was neat. Like, it's one of the things about this game that's a little bit unique is that one of the random things with the game, or I guess in this one it was a stacked deck, but it can be random, is that cards come out every round to tell you which type of orders you can take, essentially. And you have a yeah. choice to make. And so you can take a look at the units you've got and select the ones that make the most sense for you, given the units you have, given the situation you're in, and given what you want to do with your turn or turns that round. Uh, and, and I thought that was kind of a cool thing because like you might be able to grab something that's going to let a unit that's already gone go again or a unit that can charge charge, you know, um, yeah. those, those sorts of choices, uh, give you like a little bit of a, a little bit of a decision tree to make that not every conflict like game that's a skirmish game like this, uh, gives you right. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's, I think it's also done in sort of an interesting way because essentially there's like two card. Well, yeah, I mean, there's two card draws at the beginning of a round where the first the like round card tells you how many uh just basic orders you get so yeah. it's like you know two three five whatever and then there's a second thing which is the war council which is where you lay out cards um in a, a spread there's so then the scenario we played i think there were three uh per round and i think it goes up to five but but and then the 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 war council cards tell you that you have options so you can either for example, like trade in an experience for, you know, a couple of um, like intrigue tokens or whatever, or you can uh, exchange one of your regular order uh, cubes for a charge order cube or, um, you know, a, a, a counterattack order cube or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of you do have a lot of flexibility in the kind of stuff that you can do on a given turn. Now, sometimes it's not that flexible because like realistically you can only order um you can only use a charge order on a unit that has the charge ability so that's a limiting factor but otherwise you know like if you don't have any charge orders you don't have to i mean if you don't have any charge units you don't have to exchange one of your regular orders for a charge win if it's not going to do any good so i mean it's um there's there's a little bit to play around with there i guess that's what i'm getting at yeah yeah so when we played the game, we basically had a scenario where I was playing um, the good guys, the French, right? <laughs> the good guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was trying to rescue these villagers that were stuck in a village. So I had like a... And they were starving like, to death. Sort of like a small troop of like mounted horsemen and like one hero unit that were like sort of off to one side of the map. And I had to sort of like rush across the countryside and basically like... like like avoid the hail of arrows that your archers were shooting at me as you were trying to basically like, you know, prevent me from getting to the village to save the starving villagers. Right. Yeah. And it was a, it was a timed uh, scenario. So you had to do it in a certain number of turns. And it was randomly um, timed because there were dice yeah. rolls involved with like how many of the villagers died each turn. Right. Which now that I think about it also is I think kind of interesting because in some ways, you know, a lot of time scenarios are timed just based on the number of rounds that you have to do it, which was the case in this one as well. Like, there were a certain number of uh, round cards. I think there were only five of them. So you had, like, at most five rounds to do this, but then there could be some variability depending on how I rolled as to whether or not that would be the full five rounds or if it would be shorter. And I think we figured out that, like, it could have ended as early as at the end of the third round, correct? Uh, yeah, so the civilians started dying after round two. And right. Two, there, I think there were like maybe there were four, four of, them. of them. 
There were four of and them, and, and they said in the rules that at maximum only two could die. Two per of them turn. could die per round. So, yeah, so presumably the two could die the first uh, or on the second round, and then two could die on two the third on the round. Third game round. over, yep. right? Yeah. I think exactly. what happened was they died on the fourth round, they and did. I still I was like basically like one move away from getting them. Yeah, you were close. Yeah. So yeah, and I remember at the time you you were like, well, that's kind of a bummer. Because yeah, of the I, sort of randomness of it. but How it just came down to a dice roll at the end, which was kind of a theme for our weekend, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, but at the end of the day, like, you did get close, and... I did, yeah, it's true. Uh, really, there wasn't a whole lot I could have done to stop you, aside you did, from roll well. You did the things that should... No, I, rolling well wasn't the only thing, because once you realized that your archers could put down stakes, which yep. then caused the charging units to have to stop. To have to and, stop, yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's uh, it's basically like a road bump for me to get there, right? And so right. then it really came down to the die rolling, because you had done everything you could do to make sure that I was going to get there as slowly as possible. And of course, like, you know, if I had maybe, like, just rushed there with a couple of a couple of units rather than taking two of my units off on a little like side mission to recruit like you know the the, the wanderer or whatever that was out yeah, there on, the, on the, the guide yeah yeah like in, in the sort of like branching path that you didn't really need to go down but i did it anyway because i was just interested in exploring that mechanic and seeing what would happen and how that would benefit me or you know i guess maybe like even harm me i guess in the end uh <laughs> Like, if I hadn't done that and I had rolled lucky and you had not rolled lucky, I probably could have been there by the end of round three, you know? Yeah, Easily. that's true, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So, you know, there, there's definitely some decisions you make where you think, oh, if I had just done that differently, then maybe I would have gotten there, like, one move earlier or something. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, one villager would have been alive and I would have won the game. Uh, yeah. But ultimately, it kind of felt like one of those games where the joy is in the journey because it came, it was so close at the end. I was a little miffed that it came down to a die roll at the very end of it and everything. Yeah. But afterwards, I was kind of looking at, at it as a whole, and I'm like, well, you know, I was really close. You know, like, it seems like even mm -hmm. though that was a die roll, it was probably tuned in a way in which, you know, I, I could have been there a little earlier, and it still would have been fine, or, you know, the die roll could have been, like, a little, you know, just a little bit, I could have gotten a lucky break on one die roll, and then I would have been fine then, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So it just kind of felt like I got unlucky a little bit, but mm -hmm. ultimately it felt like the the scenario was probably well designed. I think, yeah, especially for what it's trying to do, because it's the very first one. It's like the intro scenario. Yeah. So I think in terms of, you know, being a, a relatively simple setup, a relatively simple premise, and it's uh, a scenario in which you have to use all the basic rules. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to familiarize yourself, I think in those terms, like it, it was a pretty successful setup. Yeah. Um, yeah. The outcome is really, I think, sort of not the point of that particular scenario. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you enjoy it? Um, You know, I kind of I mean, I, the, I mean, again, like we only played the one scenario, but um, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I, I'm not like thrilled about it uh, at the moment, but. I definitely want to play more and see how it goes because there's so much more to this game that we didn't, you know, the engineer scenario doesn't really touch on. Yeah. Um, maybe that I would should, like to get involved with. Maybe we should explain the nature of this game aside from just the premise. Okay. Because sure. <laughs> it was a Kickstarter and yeah, it, was. it was one of these big mega Kickstarters that has like a billion boxes that come with it if you get them all. Right. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. even if you just get the base game. You're getting a giant box, like kind of like on par with like a Twilight Imperium sized box filled with minis and giant cardboard tiles and cards and dice. And then in addition to that, you get another box just the same size. It's like the bonus stuff. Yeah. yeah, that comes with more armies and giant monsters and stuff, because eventually this game goes fantasy. 
Yeah, so it adds in, well, I mean, I think part uh, it sort of builds on the historical thing, because, I mean, the, the main figure is Joan of Arc, even though she wasn't in the scenario that we used, but um, it takes the Joan of Arc sort of theme of, you know, she she had the saints or whatever talking to her to inspire her to go rescue the king of France and kick the English out or whatever. But then they expand on it so that they add angels and demons into it. And then it goes even further beyond that to add in things like dragons. And um, I think the the devil is another expansion pack. And, um, you know, there's like a whole bunch of like fantasy type creatures, medieval fantasy type creatures that get shoved into it. Um, so it really does sort of expand a lot of the um uh, expand on the historical nature and setup and premise of the game. And not only that, but like when looking at the scenarios, I noticed that like in one of the the scenarios in the extra box, like it was like Dracula or something like that. I mean there was oh, a Dracula yeah, thing. Yeah, there's, that too, there's like yeah. a there's a Vlad Tepes uh scenario. But there are boards in that box strictly for one scenario. Like they've basically created these bespoke scenarios that have such unique components and rules that it almost feels like miniature board games within like a, a big package more than a typical box that has a bunch of scenarios that remixes the same tiles you know mm-hmm. um it it's difficult to explain because like there's you can look at battle lore and it's a big box with like tons of different tiles and tons of you know like different terrains tons of different units and there's you know like 15 scenarios or whatever in the base game that you know remixes all that up in order to make different scenarios that play out a little differently sure. but none of the components are for one scenario only that is kind of the case with this, it looks like, at least. and uh, At least with the cardboard bits, yeah. Yeah, with a couple things. And that's really interesting to me because, like, you know, it's a Kickstarter. This would never happen in a retail game that just went straight to retail, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for Kickstarter, they're just sort of like, hey, we got, you know, we made this many, you know, over a million dollars or whatever. So, hey, let's just, like, kick in a few scenarios that are, like, very special, you know? Right, um, yeah. And that's sort of an exciting thing to explore if you are interested in exploring you know, a wide breadth of variety within a game like this. I think mm-hmm. that if you're the kind of person that wants to learn a game and just sort of like master that game, then this is probably a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably true. Although, I mean, I, I, I haven't investigated this a whole lot, but so the, there is a skirmish portion portion to this where you can like draft an army, like Battle a, bes- a bespoke army. Yeah, um, to just do like a straight up like one-on-one battle or something like that. I don't know how much the... Um, you can incorporate those particular pieces into your skirmish battles like that. I'm guessing quite a bit. I mean, like, it's all point-based, just like, like in any other, um, you know, one-on-one skirmish war game, like Warhammer right, or, yeah. you know, like the, the new rules with Battle Lore and all that. Um, so I imagine that it's pretty customizable um, and that you can use just about anything that they've added to the game for battle mode. Uh, you know, that's so kind of how... you draft they... Dracula. <laughs> I'm guessing you can, you know? I- I'm guessing that you could probably draft that demon if you want to, like, you know, cash all your points in on that and then go up against, like, a massive army or something. That might be something you could do with this game. But this yeah, is all true. just speculation, you know? Um, but, yeah, I- it-, it feels like a game that has an overabundance of things to explore within it, and that is either to your taste or not. And, yeah, yeah and... and- to, normally, under normal circumstances, I'm like, that is definitely my taste. I want that giant pile of plastic and cardboard mm-hmm. and, and, like, multiple books to dig in and, and, and really explore this. Normally, I'm, like, super, super excited for that. And, you know, this is a game that I still – I've been dying – I've been struggling with whether or not I am dying to get it, if that makes any <laughs> sense. 
and that's why we played it at your either. house. You know, like I asked you when it was in Kickstarter recently, I went through a second round of Kickstarter, whether right. or not you'd seen this game and whether or not you had any opinions on it. You're like, oh, I actually have it. And I was like, well, let's play it when I come out. And then I'll know whether or not I actually want to like, you know, uh, invest in it because it's expensive. Like just the base game alone, I think is like $129 or something like that or $120, something along those lines. So, you know, it's another one of these big, expensive, massively produced games uh, that has like upwards of, you know, like $700 of additional expansion stuff you can buy if you want to, right? Like that's, you bought the whole oh, thing. Yeah. I've, I've seen the pictures on Instagram of people standing next to their pile where the pile is still like two feet taller than they are, you know, oh, uh, yeah. of, of I mean, if you get stuff. all of this stuff, there's, I think there's like four huge boxes that are yeah. all the same size as the base box. And then lots and of then smaller some, boxes And then a well. bunch of smaller ones. Yeah. 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 Um, so, because you know, they include we're... like set pieces too. So it's not, it's yeah. like terrain and buildings yes. and like war machines and whatever else. Big chunky castles and castle walls. And, and there's a dragon that's like, like, it's like huge it's huge oh, yeah <laughs> bleeping huge <laughs> yeah it's it's like uh it's got like a wingspan that's like i don't know like a foot and a half yeah. wide maybe like two yeah, feet wide probably. or something like that it's really big um so i mean like you're getting massive amounts of stuff for spending a lot of money um but at the end of the day like you know is the base game enough is the base game worth it is that a good investment that's that's the question that i continue to ask myself mm. um and it looks like there's a lot there. After we had played that game, I was like, that was okay. I had a fun time with that. I'm really interested to see what else this game has to offer. But with it being such a big game, setting it up is kind of a bear, you know? Yeah, that's true. And and it's one of these games where, like, I'm going to feel on any day where I'm not, like, super energized, I'm just not going to have the mental energy to want to, like, sift through two full boxes filled with tons of tinier boxes to find the exact right pieces and cards and, you know, tiles and terrain that I need. Yeah. And so that's the thing that makes me a little reluctant to jump in with both feet into the deep end of this pool. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a heavy lift to set it up. Um Although our perspective might be a little skewed because, I mean, we only set up one scenario and we had to, like, punch out everything beforehand. And it's true. That's go true. sifting through where everything is. So, like, now that I have a better sense of, like, where stuff is, it might not take so long. But it's still mm-hmm. a lot of bits. It is. Yeah. Um, and plus, some of it didn't make any sense. Like, one of the pieces in the intro scenario was actually in the Kickstarter extras box. That was really confusing. Yeah. Yeah, that was really confusing. I was like, where is this dude? <laughs> yeah. But... um. But, but I guess they, I mean, they, they clarified that and they sort of said like, well, we, we, since this was only like a Kickstarter thing that, uh, they consider like the extras box to be part of the main game, but yeah, nobody else ever does that. So I don't no know. No one else ever does that. So yeah, right. it was a bit confusing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, this game looks amazing. The miniatures are really well done. The terrain, the, the, the hexes, they're huge. They're, they're yeah. well painted, well detailed. Um, I mean, they're the same. We talked about Mythic Battles Pantheon a while ago. It's the same. We talked. It, it, did we ever figure out if it is the same company or if they're the offshoot or something? They're the they. So, um, Joan of Arc is by Mythic Battles. They right. were involved in Mythic Battles Pantheon, but so or was Monolith. If you go up and oh, look right, at your yeah. Mythic Battles Pantheon box, both of those logos are on there. Are on and there. Monolith is the ones that they they did the Batman game that we reviewed as well. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, so I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I'm not sh- exactly sure where like the pedigree stops and begins, and if there's right. like sort of like an overlap there between the two companies. Yeah. Um. But we're we're talking about you know like the the progeny of the the people that have done at the very least Mythic Battles Pantheon and possibly some of the people that were involved in the Batman game as well, which they all had amazing miniatures and yeah. You know, yeah. You, s- you can tell if you know any of those other games and we talked about them before, like they're, it's probably the same company that produces them and the same yeah. artists and stuff. And they're really good. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so production quality is very high, uh, very impressive. Just looking at the boxes all weekend, I was like just drooling over them. Like, <laughs> I think I need this. I think I need this. Just looking at the box art and everything. Um, and so it's just thinking about it and thinking about who would I play with? Who, you know, who likes to sit down and do like a one-on-one battle with me in this house? And that's just by myself, basically, <laughs> at the you. moment. Yeah. Um, I was telling my wife that I think I need to sit my son down, who's four and a half, and see see if he's interested in doing like a really really simplified version of Memoir Forty Four Battle Lore. Because then, hey, maybe that means that in a couple years he'll be ready for this. <laughs> Purchase justified. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's yeah. I, this is this is clearly pushing a lot of my buttons, and I'm very excited about it. I, I would love to play more of it. I think I kept mentioning through the weekend as I was while I was in Boston that I would love to get it out and play it again, but it's just such it just feels like so much work to get it set up and anytime we had time to do it it was like after we'd already done a full game of uh, a full day of gaming and we were just exhausted and it was like oh yeah let's just play something light and stupid you know like bondu like bondu yeah um yeah i I mean i that was definitely a hurdle for us and trying to get it out again was there were so many other games that we sort of wanted to get in during the weekend and Mm -hmm. It was always at the end of the day where we were like, you know, I really want to play this game again, but I'm tired and <laughs> let's just play something dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, I am really excited to play more of it. I just don't know whether that's going to be the next time I'm out in Boston or in yeah. October when the game gets delivered to my house. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Um. So how much is the base game with the um in the kickstarter pretty sure it was 129 hold on i can double check right now this is exciting radio (laughs) yeah i mean i think if you get all all the bits it's somewhere around 400 dollars uh 100 where'd it go 129 for the core box plus the reliquary box which is the bonuses. Yeah. That's the bonuses. Yeah, I and mean, we were talking yep. about, it says 389 miniatures total, 38 plastic terrain pieces. It's a lot. There's a lot in there. It's not yeah. It's not a bad value if you want to spend that much on a big, huge game. Right. It's a good value if you want to spend, if you're comfortable spending that much on a big, huge game and you are interested in this type of game, then it is a good value. If you don't like spending that much on a game, then, you know, like, I, I don't know, you know, you're not going to want to spend it this here either, probably. I, it's just, it's expensive. It's one of those, so. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's I mean, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, like, there's some really cool stuff in there. I think one thing to mention is that the the, the typical army uh, figures are, like, I think it's, like, 15 millimeters, so they're quite small. Yeah, they're but, tiny. You, know, you put a bunch of them, like, on a little platter. Um, They have a name <laughs> for that, but I can't remember what it's called. It's, but, like, like, a, it's a little disc, and it has... It has a couple of uh, indentations in it for you to put the smaller miniatures in. So when you, when they talk about units, they don't, they're not talking about a single miniature. They're basically talking about two or three, a group of two or three small miniatures on one of these discs. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, like the bigger hero units are a little bigger and like, you know, the big monster, uh, minis are very large. And so, yeah. And you're just getting this massive quantity, massive armies. So, you know, it, it feels like a game that's giving you $129 worth of stuff when you plop that money down. Um, but still a big ask. So yeah, true. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yep. Any other thoughts, Jason? Uh, no, not just just that I'm looking forward to playing it again. Although I don't know who I'll play it again with, but uh, yeah. I definitely want to. Yeah, it'll probably be me in like a year and a half or something. 
Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I ever see you again. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, if people would like to get a hold of us and tell us that they hear Joan of Arc whispering to them in their ear, how would they do so, Jason? <laughs> All right. Well, to tell us what the Virgin Mary is whispering to you in your sleep, uh, you can... Email us. It's podcast at limitedplaytime.com. You can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com. You can tweet us at limitedplaytime or go to Instagram at limitedplaytimepodcast. Next week, we are going to be talking about an animal game. Animals. Animals. I played as otters and I loved them. <laughs> you love otters. We, I do love otters. We are going to be talking about Everdell. Yay! Yes. One of my top games of the That's year. Right, yeah, this game's come up a few times, and uh, it's one of those things where I was like, I can't wait to play it, and it finally happened. So we're gonna get, we're gonna tackle that one and uh, talk about whether or not it lived up to my expectations and your hype. Yay! Yay! So thanks for joining us again after this long two and a half week hiatus. Thanks for hanging in there, and we will see you in one week. Later. Bye.